This is Greenfish Blue Oceans, the podcast where stories about seafood are good for you and the oceans. This week, in my A to Z series on Greenfish Blue Oceans, we'll talk Arctic char and anchovies. But before we jump into the species, I want to share with you where my scientific fish information and research in general comes from. My two primary fisheries management resources are Seafood Watch and NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Both are trusted resources and offer reliable, up-to-date information. Seafood Watch is a program of the Monterey Bay Aquarium, the gold star in ocean conservation and fisheries research. Seafood Watch helps consumers and businesses make choices for healthy oceans. And NOAA is an agency of the United States Department of Commerce. This agency conducts environmental research and offers Fish Watch, the largest U.S fish science-based database. My secondary resources include Barron's, The New Food Lover's Companion by Sharon Tyler Herbst and Ron Herbst, The Connoisseur's Guide to Fish and Shellfish by Wendy Sweetser, and lastly, James Beard, award-winning, The Penguin Companion to Food by Alan Davidson. In addition to copious trustworthy online resources like Marine Stewardship Council, an international organization addressing problems associated with unsustainable fisheries, also offers a certification process. You may be familiar with that little blue label with the white check mark on it. That's the MSC label. And also, I use Fish Choice, a sustainable seafood sourcing tool. Now, a couple of thoughts on all this here. None of this information today in my A to Z series or this podcast is a paid endorsement, nor is it sponsored. Yet. So now that all of that is out of the way, on to the fish. So, what is Arctic char? Arctic char is a delightful, flavorful, healthy-for-you fish. It resembles salmon in color, but a tad pinker, and trout in terms of the flesh. This unique species is both wild and farmed, and sold fresh, frozen, and canned. In the wild, Arctic char thrive in the icy polar salt waters, and like salmon, return to the rivers to spawn. Wild Arctic char are available in remote northern areas in the fall, but this species is not considered a viable wild commercial fishery, due to its geographic isolation. The good news is this delectable tasting fish is farmed with great success. Arctic char are raised in a land-based closed container with a recirculating system, so there's no chance for escapement in the wild, like an open pen net system in the ocean, for instance. And there's less disease associated with these methods. Since Arctic char is fished and farmed sustainably, Seafood Watch rates this fish green. Wait, you know fish is rated, right? Maybe you've noticed over the years that in the grocery store, some fish labels are color-coded. Or perhaps you already use the Seafood Watch app, because it's free, you know, for Android and iPhone. 
Either way, Seafood Watch offers three recommendations. Green for amazing, yellow for moderation, and red for, well, just don't go there. Now, the cool thing is, with science-based information and fisheries research, these recommendations change. Not often, so don't get your panties in a wad, but something to be aware of. And here are a few thoughts about why one species may be green today, but yellow or red the following year. Fish migrate, water temperatures change, oceans are on the rise, there's acidification, overfishing, illegal fishing, and unsafe fishing methods. All these things are assessed and analyzed on an ongoing basis to ensure the health and safety of our ocean's resources. And now that you've got all that in your pocket, it's time to shop and cook for some Arctic char. First things first, though. Before you leave the house, don't forget to bring your cooler bag to the market. Now, once you're at the fish counter, look for firm flesh, not flaking apart, a sure sign that the fish is aging or it looks dried out. You're going to want to buy four to six ounces per person and four for lunch, for instance, or a lighter meal, or six if you're really hungry. Now, if you have a long shopping list, I suggest you shop for fish last. And if you have a longish commute, say over 10 minutes, or it's like 95 degrees outside, ask for a small bag of ice for transport. If you don't see Arctic char at your market, ask the manager to bring some in. Why would you pick Arctic char? Because it offers a mild sweet flavor, it's tender and flaky. Arctic char makes an easy midweek meal or is just perfect for a lazy weekend. And since the fillets are slender, you have little cook time. You can either broil, pan sear, or my fave, slow roast in the oven. Here's how that's done. Ready? Preheat the oven to 275 degrees. Line a baking sheet with parchment or foil. If you're cooking a whole side of fish, trim the fillet where the natural taper is on the fish. So now you have two pieces. That way, when the smaller, thinner piece is done cooking, you can remove it from the oven and continue roasting the larger portion. Place the fish skin side down on the baking pan. Drizzle a little olive oil over the flesh, rub it in, sprinkle a kiss of kosher salt over the top, add a dash of black pepper, a little garlic powder, and a tiny shake of thyme. Bake the fish in the preheated oven for 15 minutes or less, depending on how thick the center fillet is. A good guideline is 10 minutes per inch of fish thickness, but this is only a guide. Oven temperatures vary, fish comes in different sizes, you know. So you're, what you're looking for here is the fish to be warm in the center for medium rare. Lastly, when you insert a thermometer into the thickest part of the fish, you don't want the fish to temp higher than 145 degrees. Because what happens to fish when it's overcooked? Oof, think, dry, chalky, chewy, not good. So with fish, less is always better. Now while the fish is in the oven, just toss a green salad, steam some rice, heat up a can of black beans, and if you like, top all of that with salsa. If you've got fresh cilantro, chop up a few leaves and toss them around the top of the dish like you're having a party because that's what your mouth is going to feel like with this delicious fish. All right, next species up, anchovies. But first, 
a little guitar riff. Okay, friends, it's true confessions time. Now, this is about anchovies, remember? I didn't eat anchovies until 1990, when I was a bright, chipper 30-year-old kid. I was in Budapest, and after a pint or two of warmish lager, well, let's just say I felt confident. Not that I'm suggesting you wait to travel to a foreign country and drink warm beer to eat anchovies, but okay, I digress. That would not be a bad thing, though. My point is, life is full of experiences, and some, like mine all those years ago, left me desiring more of those tiny, remarkable, oily, salty, savory fishies when I got back to the U.S. Mmm. Suddenly, I was eating Caesar salad everywhere I went. Anchovies and crackers? Okay. Cooked down in a red sauce? Oh, man. So good. You know, it's no secret that anchovies have been coveted and eaten for centuries around the globe. But for me, back in Budapest, that was then. And today, this is now. These days, I never eat anchovies. Why is that? Now, because some anchovies fisheries are certified sustainable, in fact, they're yellow on the seafood watch list based on where they are fished, there's an environmental issue associated with anchovies that I have a hard time swallowing. And as you know, I take my fish personally and seriously. I avoid anchovies primarily because the gear used to catch anchovies is a purse scene. And what's that? According to Noah, a purse scene is a large wall of netting deployed around an entire area or school of fish. Purse scening captures everything that it surrounds, included protected species. Once a boat captain finds a school of fish, either by radar, natural observation, like think a frenzied flock of birds on the water, or with the aid of a helicopter, the boat deploys the net into the water and circles the fish, in essence, draping a wall of netting around the school and then cinching up the top and snaring every species in that purse. So you can see where this is going, right? I mean, think turtles who will either get crushed from the weight of the fish or wind up with damaged legs and fins if they don't escape before the net is cinched. So why am I talking about a fish that we don't eat? Well, this podcast is not all tra-la-la and la-di-da. It's about awareness and action, too. The more we know about something, the better our choices and actions are, right? And there's plenty that we don't know about the anchovies fisheries. Now that said, I suggest you follow the Seafood Watch recommendations and spend a little extra hard-earned cash so you get the best anchovies you can afford. Now... It's time to send me your thoughts and questions, either about this podcast or what else is going on. Maybe you want to talk about another species. In the next episode of Greenfish Blue Oceans, I'll tackle barramundi and blue crab. I leave you with these three things. If you know someone who would like this podcast, please share. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to Greenfish Blue Oceans. Lastly, if you'd like to support my podcast, you can buy my cookbook, Salmon from Market to Plate, available on my website in print or ebook at marinecberry.com. Thanks for listening to Greenfish Blue Oceans and have a great two weeks.